1: taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th. This program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this 3-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me/growth. That's hbs.me/growth.
0: You are locked on Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama! Oh, my mama! Away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day, especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth, you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth, you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. Let's get it. So you can miss me with the blah, blah. No more Gino time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Melodies. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today, it's me, your boy, Jay King from MassLive.com with Sam Jam Packard, the great Back from a week of spring break, believe it or not, Sam is an Ivy League student at the University of Pennsylvania. I, I still don't know if, if I believe that's true, but he claims it to be, and so he had spring break, so we gave him the week off, and I think he drank a few beers, had a good time, watched some Celtics. Don't yeah, I also
1: some. went to Delaware.
0: Ooh, Delaware. What, is there anything in Delaware?
1: Not much, no, but I went there. It's the first state. That's Actually, exciting.
0: I, I once went to uh, an awesome hot dog restaurant in Delaware, no lie.
1: <laughs> Ooh, there you go. So ev- if anyone's driving through the, the Mid Atlantic, stop by that sweet hot dog restaurant because pretty much it's the only reason to go to Delaware.
0: I, I forget. I forget <laughs> what the, the restaurant was called, but delicious hot dogs. And Anyway, we're sorry for. Skipping yesterday's episode, we had some, some real-life stuff going on. We couldn't do it. We we sincerely apologize, but thankfully, there wasn't really too much going on. We do have Gershin Yabusele. I think that's how you say it. Back Nailed in, it. Back in Boston. He was set to be evaluated by the Celtics medical staff before... A plan is determined for whether he will play for the main right Clause for the rest of the season. We had Adam Himmelsbach from the Boston Globe wrote a nice story catching up with Ante Zizic and discussing Ante Zizic's impressive season in the EuroLeague. Some, some great quotes from Austin Ainge. And before the end of the show, we are going to dive through some of the lineup data. And kind of discuss what we want to see more of, what we think should be the closing lineup, things like that. Just a little debate. There's not much going on right now, so it's a good time to catch up with where the lineups are. And especially now that the Celtics are fully healthy, kind of take a look at the options Brad Stevens has and the options we think he should use. We'll start with Yabusele and Zizic. So I don't have the quote in front of me, but Austin Ainge, the Celtics director of player personnel, gave Himmelsbach a money quote about Zizic, which is that he's a punisher of grown men at age 20. <laughs> and I mean, the Celtics could use a punisher of grown men. And I think it's kind of been like the perfect backup quarterback situation for Celtics fans to absolutely fall in love with Zizic this season.
1: No, that's a kind of, I don't know if, uh, Austin has said that cause he's watched so many Celtics games and knows exact, like that's exactly what this team is lacking. Kind of that,
0: that physical opponent.
1: guy who can punish grown men, both de- defensively and, uh, on the boards. That's kind of exactly what the Celtics need. And I've watched my fair share of, uh, Euro league highlights. And that's exactly what he does. Uh, so it's just, a. it's exciting for kind of for the future for the Celtics. And maybe it's just, uh, Next year, things will be uh, the team will be able to come together a lot uh, better without having to go get or sign free agents. um, Just because you got these internal improvements with this uh, this farm system they have here, which is fun.
0: They do kind of have a farm system now, so I'm I'm excited to see what Zizich can bring next year. I I think I think he'll he's definitely going to be a rotation guy. I think he's shown in the Euro League, which is the second best league next to the NBA. That he's going to be able to rebound. I mean, he punishes grown men, <laughs> but, but I, I'm I, I'm I'm excited to see. Is he mobile enough to defend the pick and roll? Is is will his finishing? I mean, he he has finished at an absurd rate this year. Like his shooting percentages are ridiculous, and he doesn't go outside of his comfort zone. But but will he be a good enough finisher to do it against NBA competition? Obviously, he's doing it in a, a really strong league the Euroleague in his age 19, 20 season. So that's, that's all promising, but you know there, there are definitely some, some reasons for concern and, and reasons to wonder how much he'll help next year. I, I do think the Celtics can comfortably slot him in for some minutes next year, but I, I don't know how big a role he'll play. I don't know if he'll – like when, when, you, when you look at a center and, and, and you judge a center in, in this NBA – really like the biggest thing is can you move your feet to play defense can can you can you move your feet laterally well enough that you're not an issue against small lineups can you guard the three point arc and th- those are some of the areas i think zizic might struggle with right away but in a lot of other areas especially rebounding where the celtics need a lot of help he's going to help right away and then y- yabusele I-, I have no clue what to expect from Yabu Yabusele Yabusele whatever the, I I can never get it right I know I'm going to hear from someone who chides me about the way I I said it but oh do you do you have any idea what to expect from the dancing bear Sam I uh,
1: expect a lot of sweet two handed dunks and um, that's about it like watching anything he da- has done so far in Shanghai is just so much harder to compare to kind of. Especially compared to what Zizic has done in the Euro League, just because of the levels of talent, I really have no idea. I mean, I feel like he's going to be a high energy uh, player, but other than that, um, I don't. I don't know what to expect from Zizic. Also, it's it's good or it's fun to now that he's over uh, in in America now, but he can't. Can he play for just the Red Claws? That's how it works.
0: Yeah. So if he plays for the Celtics, first of all, they'd have to cut someone. Second of all, they'd have to insert him into a playoff lineup at the end of a year. And third of all, they would have to start his NBA clock one year early and start his rookie contract one year early, which is not something presumably that they want to do. So that's not happening. The The only option is for him to go to Maine and get you know, repetitions over the last month of the season with the Red Claws, assuming his ankle, which he sprained in the Chinese Basketball Association playoffs, is healthy as far as trying to evaluate him it is really tough like like first of all he's a young guy he's kind of a unique player because he's only about six seven or six eight and he's he's strong as hell he's an ox but he's long i
1: would say he's also a punisher of
0: men ah but he's he's not like that he's more of a finesse guy i feel like 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 he he'll unleash spin moves. He won't he won't use that two hundred seventy five pound frame to really power through people. But as far as evaluating him goes, I'm not sure anyone has a real idea right now. I, I talked to someone who said the the Chinese basketball association is almost like playing two on two because they have two imports, usually from America. Y- Yabusele's team has him and Jimmer Fredette. And then this person told me it's like three traffic cones around that <laughs> like, like you're playing two-on-two two with three traffic cones. Obviously, that is not the ideal situation to evaluate someone. So it would be cool to see him in Maine, see what he would look like in a more MBA style situation. Uh, it, the Celtics would certainly have a better chance to evaluate him. He'd be able to deal with Scott Morrison, the Red Cross head coach, who is – has a very good reputation for developing players. So if he's healthy, that would be great. Otherwise, you got to rest him. I, I don't know. I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see whether he can help. I, I think I'm more confident in saying Ante Zizic is ready for rotation minutes than I am saying that the dancing bear will be ready. And I, I think people inside the Celtics front office, I'm, I'm now completely projecting my feelings onto them, but I think they would feel the same way.
1: Now here's a question, um, and I feel like we probably should have brought uh, Danger Card in for this one, but how, if both of those players are in um, Boston starting next season, how does that affect the Celtics' free agency push? Because it definitely makes it harder for them to go out and create um, max cap space. I know I've seen a number of different projections, and if it's like, if they're going to bring in a player like Gordon Hayward, they're going to have to delay either one or both of them um, coming over for another season, or they're going to have to trade basically all the young players they have now. Do you know how, it? Uh, like, if they both start on the roster, Celtics roster, how much um, would they be able to get to max cap space to, at the start of free agency?
0: It depends where the salary cap falls. And if it's higher than expected, they could have a tiny bit of wiggle room, but it's going to be really close to create enough max cap space. And if they do... Need to tell one of those guys, sorry, bro, (laughs) you can't come to the NBA yet. I think it would be Yabusele. Just, just from talking to him last year after the draft, he was like completely cool with whatever plan that they had for him. Whereas Zizic said, you know, I want to come to the NBA right away, and he didn't end up doing that. But now he's performed really well in the Euro League. I'd have to think he is getting pretty antsy to make his NBA debut. Whereas Yabusele, maybe it's the same thing, but he he seemed to have a very different mindset. Plus, as I said, I, I think they would be a lot more comfortable giving Zizic minutes right away next year. And as the 23rd overall pick versus Yabusele, the 16th, Zizic will actually make a little bit less money during his rookie season, so that would help a little bit. So if they have to do it, I would expect Yabusele to be the one who does an extra year. But depending on where the cap space falls, depending on whether they can actually sign one of those top free agents, they might not have to make a move like that. We'll see. Back to the current lineup, the current team, guys who are actually on the Boston Celtics right now. Let's talk about some lineup stuff. And honestly, (laughs) we'll be honest with you, we're doing this because it's a slow day and there really isn't too much going on in the Celtics the Celtics sphere like they they had practice yesterday there really wasn't much coming out of it they had a day off today because of the snow which at least in Boston didn't really have too big an impact i there's there's not as much snow as i anticipated i i saw a couple of trees got knocked down in the Boston area the wind was fierce but Stella Stella didn't hit as hard as I thought. Anyway, the Celtic starters are hitting very hard lately. Since the All-Star break, that group has really, really just destroyed guys. And And I, I just tweeted out the stats. I think it is they have 117 offensive 115.2 offensive rating. defensive rating, over 68 minutes since the All-Star break. And after a lull defensively with that group, since Avery Bradley came back, they have really, really played good ball at both ends. They are the number three-ranked lineup in the entire NBA with at least 50 minutes played since the All-Star break. You have to feel good about where that group is right now and where that group can take the Boston Celtics over the last 15 games of the regular season, given that the schedule is really, really weak?
1: No, I would I would agree that that group's playing well, and for the entire year they've been playing well. But I, you you kind of sent this assignment over to me, and I've been kind of about looking at the different lineups, and I've been on the, the start Kelly bandwagon since uh, before the season when we were going trying to predict the lineups. And if you look at kind of the same lineup but with Kelly Olenek in for Amir Johnson, uh this is I guess over the whole whole season. It's only it's sixty-two minutes, but they have a better offensive rating. Uh basically the same defensive rating, so a much better net rating. Um, I guess if the question is what do you think the the Celtics best lineup would be to close a game, uh I think it would be the that lineup with Kelly Olinick in just because I think it, it makes the offense so much um more potent just having another shooter uh, on the floor. So I don't know if you need to actually change the starting lineup, but I think, and this has kind of been something we've seen over the past couple of weeks, is that when Kelly are uh, kind of scoring and playing well, the team's playing uh, kind of at their best. So I think if there's, a, there's a one specific lineup that I'd like to see more, it'd be the starters just with Kelly and for Amir.
0: Yeah, and that group has only played 62 minutes over the entire season. It has only appeared in 14 games and obviously that's partly because of all the injuries to key players. Most of the Celtics' top lineups have haven't played in that many games together just because of of the sheer number of injuries that that their best players have have suffered this season. But yeah, I mean that one that was an obvious lineup I think you looked to at the beginning of the season like that could be really good because with that lineup, you don't have the size issues you have with the so-called IT&D lineup, which is a bad nickname because it plays no defense. But that, the, the, the IT&D lineup with Smart, Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, and Al Horford is just tiny everywhere and has gotten shredded this year. Brad Stevens has mostly gone away from that lately and wisely. But with Kelly O'Linick that group still has a lot of the same shooting and more size, and the court is wide open for Isaiah Thomas to do his thing. And I, I honestly, like, Alinek has become a solid defender. And having him and Horford in the front court, Alinek also has, I, I believe, the best d- defensive rebound rate in the Celtics' front court. So having him in there. With that lineup, I, I agree that that might be their best lineup, and it Brad Stevens is in a tough situation because the five best players are I I would put Marcus Smart ahead of Kelly Olynyk in their five best players, but the five best players for the Celtics don't play well together, and it, it Stevens tried that lineup and he tried it again, and with the super small lineup with Smart Thomas and Bradley and Crowder. And it just didn't work. And so so he has to make tough decisions in the lineups down the stretch, whether you sit smart, whether you sit Bradley, whether you play Johnson, Olinick. There are a lot of ways the Celtics can go, but I, I do believe that the I'm really intrigued by the, the lineup that you said, and I, I would like to see more of it now that the Celtics are healthy. Is, is there any other lineup that sticks out to you that's something that the Celtics should try more of down the stretch now that they are you know at full go?
1: Yeah, I think uh, well, the way I was thinking about it is if you start Kelly, that immediately puts Amir Johnson and Jonas Jerebko together as the the kind of the the bench unit um, for uh, forwards. And I was just looking at the it's one of the lineups you you put, you put, tweeted about. They've only played five games in forty minutes, but those two with Jalen Brown, Jay Crowder, and Isaiah Thomas, they have some sort of crazy um, net rating of forty. Now, obviously, that's a small sample size, but I just like the idea of seeing what um, Amir and Jonas can do off the bench as a duo. Now, you look up their two-man um, pairings, and they are kind of in terms of defensive rating, and I think in terms of net rating as well, uh, I'll check that, but they have some of the better ratings. So I just think it's it would be interesting to kind of try and see um, that rotation where you start uh, Horford and Linux and then move to Johnson and um, – Jonas as the backcourt. Nothing really um, else sticks out. I guess the big question for me moving forward is maybe not the exact lineups, but in terms of the rotation, in the playoffs, do you think it should really be longer than nine guys? Like, should Terry Rozier be getting any playoff minutes? Because at this point, I can't find a justification for it.
0: He's the the one, like, he's shooting about – what is it? Thirty-seven percent from the field. He's he's not a league average three-point shooter. He's not a quality playmaker. Like he doesn't have a lot of size. There have been a lot of issues. I think with Terry Rozier's play this year. First, chief among them is just finishing. Um, I I do like some of his potential. I like his energy. He's a great rebounder for his his position. But uh, when you look at how the Celtics are set up going into the the playoffs, I think you might want to go with a nine man rotation. I think you might be right. Play smart. Play Jalen Brown. Play Jonas Jerebko and play Kelly Olynyk off the bench and go go nine man. That that that's that's to me one of the most interesting things to watch over the rest of the season is how big a role Terry Rozier plays. There was a stretch during the middle of the season when the Celtics decided to go to Marcus Smart primarily as like a post up point guard in the second unit, and Rozier got, I think, four or five DMP CDs. So now that they're fully healthy, I'm I'm interested to see what happens with him. I I I I mean he he has some games where he really helps the Celtics. As far as consistency goes, I just haven't seen it. They they might be better off just going with that big lineup with Brown at the two and Smart at the one, May, maybe even a little Gerald Green here and there. Gerald Green. Um, but, yeah, Terry Rozier, he's definitely a guy to watch on the outskirts of the rotation as as the season continues. One thing I think the Celtics need to stay away from is the all-bench lineups. The all-bench lineups, I mean, every once in a while – they go to groups that don't have Al Horford, don't have Isaiah Thomas, don't have anybody. I've, this season, um, the all-bench lineups are, I think it's like they have a, the the top used one has a 79 offensive rating, I believe, which is just brutal, 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 with Jalen Brown, Jonas Jurepko, Kelly Olynyk, Terry Rozier, and Marcus Smart. And, and they, they have gone to that from time to time. They need to stay away from that. They need starters in all the time. They need more shot creation than that group can muster. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued by Horford with some of the bench units because when they post him up and run the offense through him in the post, a lot of good things tend to happen. And same thing when they do that with Marcus Smart. So I'm I'm intrigued by by the possibility of that, but then again, you don't want to take too many minutes away from Horford with the starting lineup because that group has been so good. So, yeah, I mean, well, Celtics. that's
1: the reason that's the reason to use the nine man rotation is to basically guarantees that you can never really have a, a full bench unit. But I think the Celtics they have that that nine man depth, and I think the key is to not use any lineups that really make them either. Just way too small or too big. We've seen them pl- try like the three guard lineups don't work. Um, I don't. They haven't really tried anything super huge. But I guess I guess the move the lineups with Jalen at the at um, I guess shooting guard have worked out pretty well. But I would consider him kind of a, a two three. Really, you just don't want uh, anyone other than Jalen or Crowder or uh, playing small forward uh, if because anyone else in that kind of position then you kind of it, it basically creates a disadvantage for the celtics whether it's Marcus smart and then your team's too small or it's jonas to and then uh you just, he just can't defend so basically if you have uh brown or uh crowder playing the three at basically at all times whatever two guards you put um kind of with them or whatever two kind of bigs you put with them i think the celtics are generally going to be all right it's just kind of anything that deviates from that plan is where uh, things tend to get problematic yeah and i
0: I love this talk because we got we got some tweets the other day after the Bulls game we talked about Jimmy Butler's future and some of the possibilities the Celtics could pursue down the road and one of you guys bashed us on Twitter for not talking about the Celtics and their blowout victory enough did Did you guys want to talk about that disgusting game i I know it was a it was a comfortable win, but like the Bulls were one for nineteen at the start of that game, they were shooting five point three percent most of the way through the first quarter. Did you really want us to to talk about that game for twenty five or thirty minutes? What 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 were we supposed to say? Were we supposed to talk about Bobby Portis firing shots off the glass and airballing? short jumpers? Were we supposed to talk about Cameron Payne and his god awful turnovers? Were we supposed to talk about Jimmy Butler and his disgusting showing? Two for eleven for five points. Maybe the worst game of his season? How much time were we supposed to talk about all this people? So now here we are, two days later, talking about the nitty gritty lineup data. And so so hopefully that that person, I forget who it was that tweeted us. Hopefully, you are very, very excited about this podcast, which is talking about the draft and stash guys and <laughs> and the lineup data, the the real nerdy stuff. So, shout out to you.
1: Shout I got one to- more topic, Jay King. I just thought of it before we oh, before we go. Sam
0: Sam coming out of nowhere with a new topic.
1: Playoff matchups. Do they? matter at all should the Celtics at all be worried about it right now uh because currently they're in the three seed so the, the, the kind of uh difference they're in the is two seed Sam you're right the Wizards lost last night so they're in the two seed they're up by a half a game but the difference is between it'd be between playing the Indiana Pacers in the first round uh and who's in the seventh seed right now the Pistons
0: the it's the Pistons the Heat the Pacers uh, who else is in that group? There, there's a lot of teams within the box. Like, a game of each other. Yeah, it, I, I mean, the Celtics can't worry about that. The, I think the key thing for them, really, is staying in second. Oh, second should be the goal, I think. Cleveland, it's possible that they fall out of first place, but Celtics are three games back in the loss column on Cleveland with 15 games to play. It's going to be tough to catch the Cavaliers. I don't care what the projections from 538.com say, which actually give the Celtics the best chance of earning the number 1 overall seed. I think they're better off in 2 to be honest. I think I think the the Raptors once Kyle Lowry comes back and plays with DeMar DeRozan, PJ Tucker, Serge Ibaka, Patrick Patterson, that group has some serious, serious defensive potential and then two stars in Lowry and DeRozan to provide all the scoring. I, I think the Raptors beyond Cleveland have the, the most talented roster and but you know if, if 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 you can and I think if you can avoid the Raptors in round two and Cleveland in round two, you set yourself up. The Wizards have been great. They've been fantastic. I don't think their their bench is built to hold up in the playoffs. I I have doubts about them. Obviously, the Raptors have had success. The Raptors made the Eastern Conference Finals last year and they're better this season. I as long as Kyle Lowry's healthy, the Raptors are more scary to me, are scarier to me than than the Wizards. Do you agree with that?
1: I would have to say so yeah, because just because we haven't seen Kyle Lowry with the kind of the, the new people he have on his team. I think that it's going to be a, like a dogfight between the Celtics and Wizards or Celtics and Raptors, whoever they play in the in the second round. But you're right. The Wizards bench just isn't there. But the thing is, the Wizards starting lineup is really playing out of its mind. And they we've seen them go on a run of late. So I don't know if there's like definitely the Celtics are not going to be like posturing to try and get one team and the other are not going to. Like try to throw a game so they don't get the one seed because home court advantage uh, is so is so important. So I, I think you're right that the two seed is is where it would be a kind of ideal where they want to be. But I don't know. I I just think it's no matter what second round it's going to be playoff basketball against one of the better teams in the East. Uh, it's going to probably come down to like six or seven games. So I don't know like which one would be preferable. The one thing I wanted to say is that about the the first round matchup is. I don't th- this, think the Celtics should have a trouble beating any of those kind of sorry teams, but I'd want to <laughs> avoid playing Paul George and the Indiana Pacers. And this is based off of no data at all, but I just feel like Paul George has had some monster games uh, against the Celtics and may be able to extend the first round series longer than you would want it to go and give the Celtics a harder time than you want to go just based on, I think he would be the best player on the court uh, for their, for that entire series.
0: What Are you a little worried about how, well, the Heat have been playing?
1: Not at all. They're, they start Rodney Magruder. I, I mean, think that's an issue.
0: <laughs> that, was, that was a great answer. Not at all. They start Rodney Magruder. F- fair enough. <laughs> they, they, hey, they're a great story, and Spo deserves
1: all the credit in the world for getting a team that starts Rodney Magruder uh, within striking distance of the playoffs. But no, I would not at all be concerned with really teams like the teams that are 6 through 10 right now the only one that would concern me at all is, uh, are the Pacers, because of Paul George, just him being amazing? Not even the Bucs with Giannis, just because I don't think he's like kind of the dominant scorer um, that Paul George is, and he can't take over his game as much. It's really just that one concern about him, Paul George, going off and uh, just dominating a couple games in a series.
0: But, I mean, if, if you can't beat Indiana, if you can't beat Detroit, if you can't beat Milwaukee, if you can't beat Chicago, Miami, whoever the hell gets the 7th seed or the 6th seed, whatever it is, then you don't – it doesn't matter. <laughs> like like matchups aren't ultimately going to matter because if if you can't beat those guys, then you're not worth a damn. Like, uh, yeah, Paul George is scary, but how good are the Pacers really? They're, that team has a lot of flaws. The Pistons – have some, some serious flaws, although they're they're starting to play a little better. Reggie Jackson is, is starting to, to play a little better. They're, yeah, they're they've starting played line. the Celtics pretty hard this year. There have been some close games against the Pistons. Andre Drummond would average like 25, 17, and 15 missed free throws per game in that series.
1: Talk about some fun playoff basketball. Nothing better than Hackadrummond.
0: <laughs> All right, let, let's end it there with, with nightmares of Hackadrummond. It's nice to have you back, Sam. It's nice to be back after a one day hiatus from the Locked On Celtics podcast. For any new listeners, subscribe to us. Search for Locked On Celtics wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Audio Boom, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, whatever else. That's it for this episode of the Locked On Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On podcast. Network. Yeah, J. King and John Corrales locked on Celtics, Millie's.